Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. This is Sunday Edition with Anthony Corona. Every week here on ACB Media One, that's American Council of the Blind, Media One, and soon after on all your major podcast catchers. Each week, we'll dive into the news, human interest, and discussions about the issues surrounding all of us in and out of the American Council of the Blind community. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sunday Edition with Anthony. I'm your host, Anthony Corona, and I am so very happy to be with you here this Sunday. We have a great show today, A Tale of Two Affiliates. We'll be speaking about the newly revamped Veterans Affiliate, and we will be speaking about the hopefully new Palmetto Affiliate later in our second hour. And I would, I am very, very pleased to announce that next Sunday on this show, we will spend two hours with Claire Stanley. Claire, who has come back to us after a sojourn, uh, doing some great stuff in other areas of the disability community, has come back to take the governmental affairs position. Um, so we will catch up with her. And then we will talk about what she can share about the legislative weekend with us. So please come back next Sunday with all of your questions for Claire and to um, congratulate her for coming back to the family. Um, I want to say thank you to Sheila Young, who is doing all of the hosting duties. Hey, Sheila, how's your week been? Been cold. <laughs> yes. And we really can't complain living in the state oh, of Florida, no. but it's been um, cold for Florida. <laughs> oh, it is cold for Florida. And I am loving having all of the windows open and getting all of this fresh air. It's beautiful, um, but cold. <laughs> and for all of you around the country who are freezing toes and booties and 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 elbows off, um, we we you know we send our love and our any warmth we can send your way. Um, managing our clubhouse. If you're in clubhouse and want to join the conversation, all you have to do is hit that little alert to Lucy, and she'll let us know. Lucy, how have you been? Busy and cold. Very cold. <laughs> Very cold. Do you want to um you want to quickly congratulate our volunteer of the month? I would love to. Our volunteer for the month of December is Allison Smitherman. So yes, indeed. Congratulations to Allison and get ready to start sending in votes starting February 1st for the month of January. So thanks, Anthony. Absolutely. And just um, just for folks, what is that email address again? acbcommunity.committee at gmail.com. All right. Get, get those votes in. Absolutely. Congratulations, Allison. Um, and as always, I have our executive pro uh, producer extraordinaire, Ms. Bryn Lee. Bryn, how you been? Good morning. I'm doing all right. And we have gotten some wonderful feedback on Pride Connection. Yeah. Um, have you seen some of the the, the uh, posts to the list? 
You know, I I I have, and uh, everyone has just been so kind and and wonderful. Um, we did an episode of Pride Connection where Anthony and Leah um talked to me about my journey, and uh, we just we got an outpouring of support on the Discuss mailing list. And uh, last night we recorded, uh, and it will be airing on ACB Media um in in another week or so. Uh, we recorded a discussion about books. So all of your favorite LGBTQ plus books, and it was a lot of fun. Well, I want to ask you before you go back into mute land and running things behind the scenes, um, if you could tell me what you think of when you first hear the word love. Hmm. When I think of the word love, I think of, um, hmm, open communication being honest with oh. one another, no matter what. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I, I I always think about making someone smile or or that big hug where you just feel the tight, the pressure, the, the you can feel the love through the hug. But I ask this question because Blind Pride is currently running. It's love is love is love is love fundraiser um, with the company Fruit Loots. Think pirate, I mate, um, not the cereal. And um, you can still make phone appointments today if you go to any of the promos out there about love is love is love um, and you're not computer savvy or you're a bit shy about ordering online, you can have a direct phone conversation with the folks at Fruit Loots. Um, all of the boxes are essentially tactile um, with uh, little raised parts or, um, uh, you know, firework bursts and things. And there are QR codes with Easter eggs um, about love that you have to find. And then it will take you to a web page with some fun activity or um, quote or something about love. All of the gift boxes, or if you decide to get a candle or something standalone, are guaranteed deliver delivery by Valentine's Day, which is the celebration of love here in America and, and other places around the world. So if you want to love yourself or you want to love your spouse or a best friend, a child, a parent, anyone, if you want to celebrate love and you want to do it elegantly and tactilely, um, there's chocolates and coffee and candles and beautiful stuff. Please go check out the Blind Pride fundraiser. Fruit Loops, Loots, love is love is love is love. And I, um, I, I love that loving yourself thing, Anthony, as Miley Cyrus once said, you could buy yourself flowers or, or candles and candy. I'm buying myself the coffee box. It, <laughs> it, it uh, yeah, it definitely seems the the candle in there sounds like it's gonna smell amazing. It's a handcrafted mug that's tactile with a smiley face and some great coffee. And all of the businesses are either LGBTQIA or another marginalized community owned. They're all small businesses, um, and a hundred percent of the proceeds go back to these companies and for the curated gift boxes and candles, Blind Pride will get a percentage. Um, and this is a fundraising tool for us this year. So we're really, uh, we're really hoping that some of you out there will love yourself or love someone else and love BPI a little bit along the way too. Um, I have a couple more announcements. <laughs> it's a very busy week. 
on Wednesday evening at nine o'clock, Bill Reader, Jolene Belly Page, Gabriel Lopez Cafati, and myself will be back on the A Night at the Opera. Um, this is going to be the second of our historical slash highlights of opera conversations. Um, the first one was very well attended, and we've picked a couple of great pieces to share with you, and then we'll talk about them, and we're going to have much more audience interaction this time, because um, we want to know how the pieces make you feel, what do you think they're about, things like that. Um, and there's even one rock opera piece to, you know, give a little bit of flavoring of all of the different styles and wonderful places that opera goes. And, uh, uh, I will throw a little spoiler. It's a piece from The Who, uh, from Tommy's The, the Who's Tommy. Um, a lot of people know it, uh, but the piece I'm choosing is not one of the single releases, but a really, really great song. So join us Wednesday night for that Thursday Behind the Music is back, and we just had an incredible theme night last night. Um, three of us here <laughs> that I can that I can tell already participated last night. So if you didn't get the time to tell the story behind your you know your song choice, please come join us on Thursday. And uh, unless ladies and yeah, ladies, unless you have any other announcements, we can get to the heart of the show. Bryn, Lucy. Um, Sheila, any other announcements? Not that I can think of. All no. right. Well then, <laughs> well, then I am very happy to welcome, I believe, for the first time to Sunday edition, Cassie Trosper. Hello. Yes, this is my very first time. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're going to talk about veterans in a few minutes, but um, we'd love to get to know you a little bit. So can you start by telling us where you're from and a little bit about your journey with vision loss and the American Council of the Blind? Um, sure. So I currently live in North Bend, Oregon. I'm originally from Lauderdale, Mississippi. Um, and unlike a lot of Oregon right now, we are one of the warmer places because um, I live on the southern Oregon coast. So while we're surrounded by people with snow and ice, it's a little chilly here, but I won't complain because it could be worse. Um, I joined the military back in 2006 um, and was in the military for about two and a half years before I had to have an eye surgery. And they noticed some patterns in the back of my eyes and did some more testing and said, oh, you have RP. Um, which I, if, for most of you who don't know is retinitis pigmentosa, um, which is the inflammation of your retinas with basically color patterns on them. Um, so instead of reclassing me to a different position, um, they did decide to go ahead and medically um, uh, discharge me under honorable circumstances. <clears throat> and I was in Texas at the time. So I officially was out of the army in 2009 where I still had full vision, still driving, doing day-to-day -day life. I started school. Um, I received my certificate in medical assisting before moving to Oregon, um, where I started working on the prereqs at Southwestern Oregon, Univer or Southwestern Oregon Community College um, to hopefully start the nursing program because my goal was to be a trauma nurse um, in the medevac units um, and the helicopters and stuff. Um, but in 2015, um, my late husband passed away um, and I, about a few months after that, my, I had my first portion of vision loss. Um, I woke up one morning Well, I went to bed perfectly fine, woke up the next morning and everything was fuzzy. Um, I'm like, oh, okay, just the morning eyes, you know, it's just a little fuzzy as I blinked, it didn't get better. Um, so that was a scare. I had a 
a child that was still under a year old at the time. My daughter, Abby, was she was eight months old when her dad passed. Um, so she was still very young. Um, so I was maneuvering that as a single mom at that point. Um, so finally got in touch with the eye doctor, um, got in to see them. Um, they told me about ACB. Um, well, at first they told me about OCB, which is the Oregon Commission for the Blind, and got me in contact with them. Well, the commission got me in touch with who most of you know is Carrie Mew um, from Oregon. She's my current state president and was my local president for a while. Um, so that's how I started getting involved with ACB. Um, I officially joined ACB in January of 2017. And as most people say, joined in with both feet. Um, I'm involved in a lot of different affiliates. Um, I'm secretary for state and local Oregon. Um, I'm on the um, ACB Mental Health and Wellness Committee. Um, I was the former secretary for ACB Next Gen. Um, I'm a board member for CCLVI. Um, I co-chair uh, our um, CCLVI and Next Gen Convention Committees with Melanie Sanoe. Um, so I'm out there all over ACB land and I absolutely enjoy what I do. And now I'm president for Veterans of ACB, formerly known as Visually Impaired Veterans of America, um, which was a big surprise um, last convention when they were like, so if you would be willing to volunteer to be president, um, when I just went to the meeting just to check them out. Um, so they had faith in me then. Um, and I hope to keep that faith with them throughout our journey as we move forward as veterans of ACB. That that is awesome. Um, thank you for for sharing the the more vulnerable um, portions of, of your journey so far. You have three wonderful kids. You want to share a little bit about your uh, your family? I can. So I have three kids. Um, my oldest just turned twenty in November. Um, I have another, or, or Travis, I know my oldest Travis, he's awesome. Um, and then I have my son Hunter, um, who will be 16 in February. Um, and then I have my daughter, Abby, who you guys may hear through this call. <laughs> she just woke up not too long ago. Um, and she will be 10 this year. Um, and they're all awesome. Um, my older boys live in Washington state with their dad. Um, my oldest son, Travis is working his rear end off to, support himself. He just bought a new truck recently um, and working hard to get his own place. And then my middle son loves baseball. He's absolutely awesome at baseball. Um, and then Abby loves art and drawing and taking photos. So any of you guys who have me on Facebook, all of those sunset photos are all Abby off of our back deck. Um, and uh, yeah, and I also recently got engaged to my longtime boyfriend, Aaron Coiner. Um, so Congrats. we got engaged. Thank you. We got engaged the beginning of December and are planning a November wedding. So that will be fun. Well, I would be remiss if I didn't ask. Tell us a little about the proposal. Oh, <laughs> so it was completely unexpected. Um, so we went to do a um, event called Festival of Trees, where we decorated two wreaths to donate um, that were, um, they, the wreaths were sold individually, but they had a big Christmas tree auction. And one of the trees went for like $5,000. Um, and so we, our plan was to do our Christmas photo in front of one of the trees because we thought it'd be a really good backdrop. So we were walking around, you know, looking at trees and Aaron had went off to do something and he comes back, have you picked a tree yet? And then his best friend Crystal came up and was like, have you picked a tree yet? And I'm going, why is everybody so worried about if we've picked a tree yet? It's just a picture. We're going to quick take, take a quick picture. Um, and so, 
Abby's like, oh, I think I want to do this one. And so they're like, let's get some chairs. And I'm like, we're, we're just going to take a picture. And Crystal's like, I have a photographer. And at this point, I'm like, okay, guys, I just need a picture. <laughs> so they set up chairs and somebody took my purse and my cane. And so I sat down and noticed Aaron hadn't sat down yet. And he's like, well, there's one more thing. And I'm like, oh, heaven. So he was getting down on one knee and it was up on my Facebook for a little bit, but our Christmas photo was taken right after he proposed. So really pretty ring. It's silver. Um, it's got my birthstone, which is a pink tourmaline in the middle. And it's got little blue um, diamonds that are kind of on each side of it. So really cute, dainty, real, well thought out. It was a really, really sweet, awesome event. So that sounds that sounds gorgeously memorable and and i'm so glad um you have a beautiful experience before we get into talking about the veterans i'm wondering if you would share with us a little bit about your thoughts on on grief you know you had to give up your 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 station and career in the army and then suddenly the the site and i know for me also it went pretty suddenly and I didn't think about grief for at least a year because I was so busy learning skills and, and things, um, you know, and then the personal, what, what are some of your thoughts on grief and, and, you know, not being able to fulfill the trauma nurse and, and, and stay with the, with the army? Um, it, it, <clears throat> I think it came as more of a shock and with me still not having any symptoms, I think back now as to some of the symptoms of RPN, I'm like, holy crap you know, maybe I did have some symptoms, <clears throat> but, um, you know, I got my diagnosis and I didn't really take it seriously. Um, because I'm like, okay, I can still see there's no, there's no way. And I think it was a little more of a, I don't, I don't really know the word, but I, I just didn't take it seriously. So I went my next little bit, I was medically discharged. I was still doing life. You know, I got out in 2009 and didn't lose vision until 2015. So, so yeah. by that point, I had had a child. I had moved across country again. Um, I had gotten a, a, a certificate, um, started school, <clears throat> you know, and then I was doing really good with school. My late husband passed. So he passed before I lost vision. So I was going through the motions of getting used to being a single mom with a small child and going to school. By that point, I had given my license up because I had noticed some depth perception issues that didn't make, I was not comfortable driving. Um, so then it's no transportation of my own with a small child. My husband had just passed away, um, you know, and then I woke up with that, oh crap, it's happening. Um, I still think for a while I was mad. Um, I didn't want to take things seriously for the longest time. I didn't want to use a cane. I was embarrassed. Um, I didn't want people yeah. to see me using a cane. I didn't want my children to see me using a cane. Um, but finally, I just had to embrace it. Um, Carrie Muth and um, Susan Hull, another member um, of our local chapter, they were an inspiration to me because I saw Carrie with her guide dog living day-to-day -day life. Susan runs a daycare out of her home, um, and she's visually impaired. And she, you know, her ages for children are zero to three. Um, and she has like seven of them right now. <laughs> So I saw other people doing it. So I think the grief turned towards hope, but then it came back to, I had to go back to school because at that point I'm like, okay, I can't do nursing, but maybe I can do medical assisting. So I did graduate with an associate's degree in medical assisting, 
but then it's like, well, crap, I can't use this because they do frown upon somebody that's visually impaired drawing blood or giving a shot. Um, yeah. Even though a lot of it is by feel, um, it's still more of a malpractice issue because if something happens, that's on the doctor that you're working under. Um, yeah. So now it's one of those, okay, what can I do? Because I don't want to just sit at home. I don't really want to work from home job. There's nothing wrong with those. It's just not me. I love working with people, interacting with people. So I've started volunteering in my daughter's school. Um, I listen to kids that are about eight, nine, 10 years old, read to me to increase their fluency and comprehension for their accelerated reader skills. And I'm like, I want to work with kids, but I want to work with kids that have needs, you know, whether they're ADHD, maybe they're a little behind and need some of that extra encouragement. So now I'm working on a certificate in early childhood education um, to work with kids with special needs. And I want to stay in the lower elementary school because as some of you may know, being visually impaired, I'm only 5'1". Um, working with high school kids that are bigger than you that know you have a visual impairment may not be the best idea. Um, so I think my grief, I didn't really go through grief for a long time. I tried to make the best of it, but I did have my moments, but I tried not to harp on it too long because I still had children that needed me. Um but I do think that if I could go back to when I got my initial diagnosis, I would have learned Braille when I could see what I was learning. I would have learned a few other skills. I would have learned some cane training when I could see what I was doing with the cane and, you know, not having to go all the way back field. <clears throat> and right now I still have, so I'm considered legally blind with RP, you know, depending on lighting and stuff, it can change. There's days that I can see things around my house, but everything is always fuzzy. Um, I was outside with Abby the other day. And I'm like, oh, I can see my foot, <laughs> you know, and she's like, hey, can you see me? And I can see her waving it. Well, first it was, can you see my face? I'm like, uh, you're fuzzy. And then she's like, can you see me waving? And I can see her waving at me, you know, which is the little things that you, you know, I think that's what hurts the most is I can't see my kids' faces. You know, I remember my kids as very little kids, but Abby was eight months old. And now she's almost 10 and a beautiful child, beautiful blue eyes, you know, and both of my kids are, you know, the, the boys are older. So that's the one thing that I hate with vision loss is I can't see their faces. So how, how have they been throughout this journey? Um, the boys, you know, with them being in Washington, I, they were down a few years ago, and I think they they got it. I wasn't using a cane yet, so they've never seen me use a cane unless they've seen me in pictures and stuff like that. But um, Abby's embraced it. She calls herself my guide child instead of my guide dog. <laughs> <laughs> so she absolutely loves to help. Um, she's always willing to help out. And um, we go to like our ACB of Oregon State Convention. You know, she's always willing to help everybody she can. Absolutely fell in love with Janet Dickelman. Um. Her and Janet How could have you a not? special bond. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Janet was our guest speaker. <clears throat> so, you know, they they had a special bond. Um, you know, so she's she's taken it with some grace. I know as she gets older, um, that might change a little bit, but I'm you know, me working in her classroom, all of her her friends are also so amazing. You know, they're always like, Can I help for you know, even the Sunday school class kids are like, Can I be your helper? I had one kid I was going over to sit down to get ready to do music with them. And I had one kiddo that came up and was like, can I help you? You look like you might be struggling a little bit. 
<laughs> so, so yeah. So I think they're, I think it'll be different with the boys. I'm hoping they'll be down here in November for the wedding. So it might be a little bit different than seeing me with a cane. But, um, but I think overall it's been a, a learning experience. So I'll, I'll throw one more at you. Um, I miss getting in the car in the middle of the night when I can't sleep, throwing music on at the loudest volume I could stand and just driving. What's, what's the thing that you miss the most besides seeing your children's face? Um, mine is kind of that. Um, I mean, when I was a teenager, you know, you could hop in the car, go see your friends, go to the movies, go to the mall. Um, you know, and then I became a mom when I was about 20. So I think a lot of my driving was <clears throat> being a parent. Oh, crap, we're out of milk. You know, hop in the car, go to Walmart. You know, that's what I miss is having to depend on, you know, now we have DoorDash, we have friends that are willing to help. But I miss just being able to have that independence of going when I want and not having to, you know, Planet. schedule paratransit or, uh, you know. Yep. So. Well, I got to say, you know, I know a lot of us bristle at the whole inspiration thing, but um, I, I, I love hearing your story. You have such positivity. You just keep going, turning something, you know, a skill that you have in a new direction, um, you know, something that you feel confident about in a new direction. And I guess that sort of lends itself to being in a meeting where you're just going for information and volunteering to be the next president. So tell <laughs> us, <laughs> um, tell us about vets, tell us about the name change, um, a little bit of the history and and what, um, you know, what it's like to step out of a meeting going, uh-oh, I think I might, I, I think I might be the next president. Right, well, so I, I was still new um, to learning about visually impaired veterans of America, and I am still learning. I don't really know a lot of the history. I know that they've been around for a very long time, um, and I know David and Marsha are still telling me stories, and I had a few, um, when I did um, visibilities with Terry Pacheco, we had people share, um, and, and people told some stories, and um you know, I went to that meeting last convention to just learn more about the organization because me being a veteran and I'm um, involved locally with our AMVET unit post 10. Um, so I'm like, I would love to be involved with the, the visually impaired veterans. So, you know, I hop into the meeting and I'm muted, you know, and I introduce myself and go back on mute because it's early. I'm still trying to drink coffee, you know. So, and I hear my name and I'm like, okay. And I unmute and I'm like, I think I missed what you said. She's like, well, if you would be willing to volunteer to be president. And I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> she's like, well, that would be great. So, you know, I get done with this meeting and I message my well boyfriend at the time. And I'm like, so a thing happened. And he called and I did the same thing to Mel. And um, Mel was in another meeting for a virtual weekend at the same time, I think, or working. Um, and so he called me and I'm like, so I might have just become president of Viva? <laughs> so, you know, we get through convention and I didn't want to bombard people because, I mean, Anthony, you know how it is after convention. You just need some time to. Oh, yeah. Downtime. So, you know, we got through convention and I was like, hey, I'd like to link up with my, you know, board because I have a very small board right now. Um just doing what we can to, you know, get us back on our feet. 
Um, and I was like, I'd love to have a link up with you guys. And then Terry, you know, Pacheco said, you know, I'm willing to help where I can. So I had a conversation with her as our, as our liaison. I had a conversation with Tyson, um, you know, our previous president, and he gave me some good stuff. So the name veterans of ECB, ACB was Tyson's idea. Um, so I'm totally not taking credit for that at, by any means. Um, that was his idea, but I loved it. Um, because it's a little shorter than Visually Impaired Veterans of America of ACB. I know it has a cool acronym, VIVA. But, um, you know, I was talking to David and, and Marsha, and I was scared to death they were going to hate it. They wouldn't want to change. They wouldn't know. And David's like, I think we need the facelift. I'm like, yay. So we started moving forward with that. Um, at the time, we only had the online membership stuff. So my fiance was able to help us get an online membership form and online payment option. Um, and that was just here recently. We now have a website. Um, you can go to veteransofacb.org. Um, it's still a work in progress, but it's got all of some of our basic info on there. It has the join link. Um, it has a couple of bios and a welcome from the president. Um, and it has a calendar that we're trying to update as we go. Um, and yeah, I mean, we're moving forward. We have 10 members so far. Um, we're still looking for more veterans. So if anybody knows of any veterans, we love our supporting members. Um, you know, and I'm not going to tell anybody they can't join, you know, if they want to join for us as a supporting member, I'm very happy to welcome everyone in. Um, but I know we want to reach out to our veterans. Um, and I know we're now working with BVA, um, this upcoming convention, um, Gary was at our meeting um, this, on January 11th um, from BVA. Um, so we're hoping to kind of partner with them on some things and help each other out. Um, but yeah, I think really that's a lot about us. <laughs> well, that was a question I was going to ask you. So when, um, when you finalize some programming closer to convention, definitely come back and talk about it on Sunday edition. I will transition to... Um, Maybe shout out to the presidents of affiliates and local chapters um, and let them know, um, is there a general contact email um, that they can put members that may be veterans in touch with you and the affiliate? Yeah, so there we have an email. So it's veterans.acb at gmail.com. Um, and you can look us up also. All of that info is on our veteransofacb.org. It also has my contact info. So if they would rather contact me directly, it does have my email and my phone number on there. Um, so if they would like to reach out for more info, um, if they need some help guiding um, the application form or the PayPal, um, I'm more than happy to help guide people through that. Um, I know sometimes tech skills and forms don't always work together. Um, it is a Google form, so nine times out of 10, it's easy, but there's always that off chance that it's acting crazy with certain you know, screen readers and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think that would be the best. You could, you know, we have that email monitored or like I said, you can hop on the website and email me or call me directly if need be. So folks, um, if you'd like to congratulate, talk to, ask a question of Cassie, you can start getting your hands up. What are some of the programs proposed? You know, what are some of the benefits for a veteran or someone who wants to support the affiliate, if they become a member, what is the due structure as well? 
So that is something I'm still working on. Um, so I would like to see us have the options of being able to, if we have a veteran that maybe joins that, maybe doesn't know about their, their veterans benefits yet. I would like to have some options to get them in touch with their local um, veterans administrations, um, at least get them in touch with the national and then work down the branches from there. Um, I would love to at some point see us have like a veterans grant um, to where maybe we can help veterans um, get like a piece of equipment they could use or help pay for half of a piece of the equipment. Um, you know, I would love to see us also help veterans get to convention. Um, so there's lots of works in progress. Um, you know, as a, we're rebuilding, we have a couple of things we need to have to get in place before we can really do a lot of, of big projects. Um, but I think right now is just reaching out to our veterans to let them know we're here and we're, you know, we're working on it. Um, that way they have a place, they know they have a place here at ACB. Um, and yeah. Awesome. I, you know, I'd, I'd love to eventually see something about, you know, uh, members sharing their stories of service and being able to, you know, receive thank you for your service, maybe through a community call right. or on the webpage. Um, what can we as ACB members, and I'll talk to you offline because I'll definitely become a supporting member, um, but what can we as ACB members do to to support and, and help you guys grow? Yeah, and I'll touch on one thing you said prior, and then I'll answer that one. So we are one of the bigger, longer-term projects I'm working on. I know we have our angel wall for ACB. One thing I am working on is doing a heroes wall for ACB. So we will have nice. all of our veteran members who have passed um, on there. And then we can also have all of our current veterans that are on there. Um, so that would be something, and there could be the option if a veteran wants to have contact info on there to get you know, Veterans Day cards or little hellos or thank yous or um, something like that. Um, so what ACB can do, um, just remember us. If you have veterans in your organization um, that you think could benefit from us, like I said, we don't have a lot right now, but we are working on it. Um, just push them in our direction. I'm always willing to, you know, come to a local meeting, come to a state meeting. Um, if I could give more info, if I could be a presence. Um, I know a lot of times people forget that there are women veterans. Um, that is one of the programs that we're looking at for convention is doing a women veteran panel on our transition from the military. Like I transitioned out saying I had a vision issue and didn't lose vision until later on. Um, so that is something we're looking at. Um, so I've had one person tell me you're a veteran. Yes. You're a president. Yes. <laughs> so um, they forget about us. So I think that's the biggest thing that ACB can do is just remember that we're here and, you know, we're willing to, to come and help how we can and just let people know that we're there because we haven't been for a little bit. Um, we've been very low on the totem pole per se, but we're ready to be back up at the top um, and show ACB that we are still a thriving special interest affiliate. That is awesome. You know, another personal slash military question. We, you know, we often hear about, you know, at the boys club and things like that. What was your experience as a woman in the military? Did you, did you face a lot of uphill battle for proving um, yourself and things like that? I don't think I didn't really face <clears throat> a lot of controversy. I think by the time I was in, it was more 
recognized to see women in the military. Um, it was funny because my ex-husband and I were married at the time when I was in the military. Um, and of course, me being the, the, the military member and him being the spouse, it was different. So they would always go, oh, they would automatically think I was the wife, just the spouse, you know, not the military member. Um, and it was really hard sometimes because I was this very small person at the time. I was only five, one, about 150 pounds. Um, you know, so I would get a lot of grief. Like when we were on runs, um, they would always put the shortest one in the front right. So we kept the pace of the, the, the run. Um, and we would run in like groups. So they would always tell me I needed to take longer strides. And of course, then I took shorter ones because I could do that. Um, that I was always a pretty, my grandma raised me to be a very strong personality. So I don't let a lot of things get under my skin. It's one of those, if I'm crying, I'm either really hurt or I'm really mad and you may want to leave me alone. <laughs> so, um, but I didn't really face a lot of adversity. Um, I had really awesome drill instructors and officers above me and really were supportive. Um, and I actually got to do some really cool things just because of my job. And I got a good, uh, a different security clearance. Um, I was a driver for a commander. Um, and yeah, it, it turned out to be a really cool experience. I hated getting out of the military. Um, I had some of my NCOs and higher up officers write letters of recommendation on how I could be reclassed to be utilized on rear detachment. Um, but the army at the time was not ready to allow certain disabilities in the military. So they just med boarded me out. Um, now they have different things to where they can let people with um, hearing loss or some visual impairments in the military for certain jobs. Um, so, so yeah. That they, sounds like a convention program. Yeah, there is. We, we thought about that one too. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, another question, if you don't mind, you know, I think the world is a very busy place. And, and you know, for those of us that are in organizations like this, it can be, become even busier right quick when you want to help and you want to be, you know, part of the solution rather than part of the problem. And I, I would hazard to guess that most of us um, are very thankful for the military and very glad somewhere in the back of our minds and hearts to know that it's out there. But we don't really... Um, I don't think that we express, um, I, I remember growing up, I'm, I'm probably just a tad bit older than you. Um, and you know, I, re I remember the emphasis, my grandfather was in, in, in the Korean war, um, mm -hmm. and the emphasis that was put on, you know, military and military families in my family, um, what's, you know, what do you say to, you know, the community at large, about recognizing the importance of the military and those who have given service? Um, I think a lot of mine is remembrance. You know, we celebrate Memorial Day, which is where we remember the lives that we've lost. And then we celebrate yeah. Veterans Day, where we celebrate the ones of us that are still here who have served. And then all around year round, we're always remembering our current military, our active duty, our National Guard. Um, you know, so it's just, when you see military families, you, you never it's I think of the USAA commercials all the time where they've got the bumper stickers and you've got Rob Gronkowski that's like oh I want to be a member how do I become a member of USAA yeah. <laughs> well you have to be in the military or had a parent or grandparent you know so 
when you look at a military family, you don't really know what they've lost. You know, you have your gold star families that is a wife that's lost her husband in active duty service. Um, you know, and you think about all the lives that have been lost. You know, I just did a, a big veterans day where I was at two different um, dinners, a lunch and a dinner. And even me as a veteran, I was a, a very young veteran and not in for very long. Um, it still is overwhelming to me sometimes. It's like, holy crap, you know, I was there, but I don't feel like I did a lot, although I did just because I took the step to join. Um, so I think for me, it's whether you were in for a year or you were in for your retirement age, um, it was still a service because it takes a lot to, to say, okay, I'm going to give my life up to go do boot camp for eight, nine weeks and then go do job training for eight to 18 weeks and then go to somewhere. I don't know where I'm going because um, I went to Texas, but there's people that go to Germany, go to you know all over the world, you know, and yeah. you, you don't get a say. They tell you where to go. So basically they're in charge of your life. So I think that's something for people to remember that they're serving our country, you know, and, and even veterans. Um, when you think of veterans, a lot of veterans don't want to talk about their service. There's a lot of, of help and things that are associated with it that they just don't. But then you have those veterans that are, oh, yeah, let me tell you this story of back when I was, you know, whichever. But um just have some grace, have some patience. Um, I can talk about a lot of my stuff because I didn't really go through a lot. Um, I did one of the things that I did go through. So at the end of my time at Fort Hood, I know, I don't know if a lot of you heard about the shooting at Fort Hood. Um, I went on vacation, but if I had not have went on vacation, I would have been in that building where that shooting was. And I was at the front desk of that building. Um, and I would have been right there in the line of fire when that guy came in the building. Um, so that was probably the one thing that hits me when I think about my time at Fort Hood. I had good times. I had bad times. It was hot at Fort Hood. Um, although me being from Mississippi wasn't a surprise. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And I love the motto that every day is hug a veteran's day. I'm not usually a hugger. I will make exceptions. <laughs> but, you know, just remember our veterans went through a lot and they deserve to have just as much grace and patience and love and acceptance that everybody else does, you know, so. As a parent, um, if one of your boys or Abby in a couple of years um, came to you and said they, you know, they were considering the military, what are a few things you'd say to them? Um, well, actually, my oldest son, Travis, when we lived at Fort Hood, swore up and down when he got older, he was going to be a Black Hawk pilot because we lived on post by the Black Hawk pad where he could see them like fire, flying 20, 40 feet above our house. Um, I would I think I would be OK with it. Um, I know nowadays military is a lot different as it was different when I was in from earlier, you know, but I would, you know, let them know to look at their options. I mean, it's a great opportunity. Um, the pay is not great, but usually you don't go into it for the pay. You go into it for the experience and knowing you're going to get to serve your country. Um, and unfortunately, Abby won't be able to because she does have some medical stuff that will keep her from. But, you know, there's still supporting roles she could do. She could be, a, you know, work in the VA system or um, but I think it would if any of my kids wanted to be in the military, I think I would totally be open to having that conversation with them. 
we hear a lot about the VA system, you know, in the news and in various, you know, programming podcasts and things. Um, what does the VA system mean for you? And, and are there spaces that could use advocacy? Um, I have been lucky. Um, I've had some decent experiences with the VA. Um, I know right now, locally, we are with my local VA clinic. Um, they can't keep an actual doctor. Um, so we go in for an appointment and get to see a doctor on the TV, um, which is frustrating. Like <laughs> you would really like to see somebody face to face. Um, I think the biggest thing of advocacy is with our online forms because, you know, everything is going technology now. So all of your uh -huh. forms, they want you to fill out online. So I am in the middle of doing um, a vocational rehabilitation program for my school. Um, so when I went to fill out the forms, I had to download the forms. I had to fill them out online with Adobe wasn't accessible. Um, so actually my um, my rehabilitation person in Portland actually sat down with me and helped me fill them out. And she was even like, I can see and they stink. So I think one of our biggest things for advocacy with the VA is going to be our health, our online healthcare with filling out our forms. Um, and a lot of it too is when we have to call to make an appointment, the last time I tried to call to try to get an appointment, I was on hold for like 30 minutes and I got tired of sitting on hold. Um, so I know that's a big, I think easier access is going to be something other, uh, something else we can advocate for as well as um, our accessible documents. Well, let's see who in the audience would like to talk to you. Sheila, um, who is up first? Ray. Hi, Ray. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Cassie. Uh, first of all, let me put on my second vice president, HVACB hat, and congratulate you and wish you all the best of luck and let you know that not only as second vice president, but also as a state and special interest affiliate president, uh, Illinois Council of the Blind and ACB Lions, uh, I am here to help and support you any way that I can. I have become an auxiliary member and... Um, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, that. And uh, so just congratulations. And I do hope that when we do meet in person that you will make a hugging exception because I do want to hug a veteran <laughs> and thank you for your service. <laughs> Thanks, Ray. I appreciate it. And and for you guys that are wondering, so in my local AMVETS unit, our supporting membership is called our auxiliary membership. So instead of just being called supporting members for veterans of ACB, our supporting members will be called our auxiliary. So that's Thanks, awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Ray. Sheila, who else is up? Jane. Hello. Hey, Jane. hey Cassie. It was good to talk with you the other day. Um, a couple of comments. Uh, I am a certified early childhood development teaching assistant. And so just uh, enjoy that process of getting that certification at whatever level you do, whether it's um, uh, an academic um, four-year you know, certification or, um, um, I forget the other word I want. Anyway, enjoy <laughs> it. I love working with children. Um, so about the, the VA, we're in the process of doing a disability rate increase for my husband mm -hmm. who has Parkinson's. It was um, VA related and it just takes for 
you fit in the adjective ever would be the yes. subsequent word and a lot of work. So anything um, that I can do to help promote better uh, effective connection with the VA, I, I would love to do. You talked about auxiliary members. Um, I can do that. Um, but I want to be clear. Do you want any veteran as a member or only veterans who themselves are visually impaired? Um, that was not clear to me. Oh, no. All veterans are totally okay. welcome. That's yes. what I thought. So okay. All and veterans are totally okay. welcome. So I'm going to start kicking some um, people in that direction. <laughs> and then what about a lifetime membership? I know you and I talked about that. So, and I can't, uh, Nancy Becker isn't available until this coming up week, but have you had any more thoughts about what that would be like? I have a little bit. So I do not think Viva had a lifetime membership. Um, I still like you and hoping to talk to Nancy um, but my thought process was, if we do not, um, I would like to look at the specifics. I am still fuzzy on the differences in lifetime memberships. Um, okay. I think I kind of have a grasp on it. Um, okay. But I would, um, after talking to Nancy, I'm hoping that might be a conversation that I'll put on our April agenda um, okay. to see how mm -hmm. um, everyone feels about hopefully maybe if we don't have one, yeah. um, looking at that option, because I do think that would be a great option. And the, the one final thing I just want to say with all my heart is I am glad you are home and here and active. And that is very often what I tell any veteran I come across. I'm not always sure I can, I, I'm confused sometimes or distressed by where our military ends up being and what they, what they declare y'all have to do. But I'm very, very clear about I'm glad you're home. So anyway, I'm going to listen and um, thank you for your answer. Thanks, Jane, for being here and being you a supporter. <laughs> yeah, you bet. Thanks, Jane. Yeah. All right, Sheila, who's up next? All right. I know this phone number, Miss Margie. Hi, Margie. Oh, my sister. Hi, Margie. Oh, I remember. I was thinking, Margie. First of all, I want to say thank you for your service. Um, I really appreciate each and every veteran and active military. I have a son in the Marine Corps. Um, boy, is it hard on the family. You know that. Uh, yeah. My son's getting ready to deploy, and I won't even go where that takes me, but it is what it is. Um, I, I wanted to share something in listening to you talk about you being discharged due to your vision loss. Um, as you know, I had my dream job. I couldn't serve in the military. I come from an extensive military family and I became a VIS coordinator. VIS is Visual Impairment Service Team Coordinator. And um, mm -hmm. I was saying that for people listening, not you. <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, about 15 years ago, before my retirement, uh, we had an active duty, can't remember if it was Afghanistan or Iraq, it doesn't matter. Um, veteran who uh, was blown up by an IED and um, became totally blind, went through the polytrauma unit at Palo Alto and blind rehab. And here's the beauty, and I almost want to cry when I say this. 
Last I knew, he was still active duty. Um, the Army put him through um, an MBA, and he was employed at, oh, I'm sorry, with my TBI, I'm him. What's the academy in? Um, in anyway, West Point? So, yeah, West Point. Yeah. He was active duty teaching there. Oh, and wow. I think, I just think our veterans um, that are visually impaired or blind, there can be jobs. And he had connections. His dad was high up. And as far as I know, but I, I, I can't say this officially because uh, I haven't talked to him in 10 years, he is still active duty. And if you want to do a program, I would track him down. I think his story is worth listening to. Um, awesome. Yeah. Um, the other thing, there's one other thing I wanted to say. Um, oh, it may have slipped my mind. Oh, for those that don't know, and, and this is a little of a of a stray, but I'm going to say it anyway. For those who have kids or family members in the military, there's a women's organization called Blue Star Moms. You could be a sister, you can be an aunt. And let me tell you, I don't know that I would have made it with my son's deployment to Iraq without Blue Star Moms. And mm -hmm. that's a, it's a wonderful organization. Um, and um, I, I do plan to rejoin. I'm so excited that we have you as a fireball as our president. <laughs> I do my best. And, and you talk, oh, go ahead. I, I hope you're getting, I, I had emailed you back and I know you're super duper busy, but I hope you are service connected for RP. I hope you got a good VIS coordinator. I hope you understand as your vision, pro, vision loss progresses, you keep applying for increases. Um, and I'll just say this, Jane, if you need any help, call me. Thanks, Margie. Oh, Margie. And she, Margie reminds, oh, I was just going to say, you remind, so, you know, I have been really lucky. So the military has been very awesome with my vision. Um, they did not give me any service connection disability for my vision, but I have been able to work, dis you know, my disability too, because I'm short and yeah, uh, carrying 80 pounds worth of equipment when you're 5'1 kind of does a number on your back. So uh, I we need to talk lucky. and we need to talk ASAP because you are service connectable with RP through the VA. Right. And I, you know, I have been very lucky. She reminded me with the education, all the schooling I've done through my certificate and then my associates and now my other certificate, the VA has, VA has paid all of my schooling. So when I look at other people that send school that has a lot of like student loan debt, I am very blessed that the VA has been amazing. Um, to help me with my schooling too. Um, I just want to tell you that you have seven years post discharge to apply for service connection for certain um, eye conditions, and one is RP. Yep. And I hope you're not yep, past your seven years. And I'll be oh, happy. I'm way past my seven years. <laughs> oh, you are. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, serving yeah. veterans is a beautiful thing, and I'm so grateful that I found out about that job and went to grad school and you know that's that's the only way I could serve is to serve the, those who served and I loved it and I, again thank you for your service definitely thank, thank you Margie. Margie and we'll all be we'll all be praying for your son definitely um Sheila who is up don't have any more huh? all right well Cassie um Tell us the contact information and web address again, and give us one more pitch for support for um, 
Okay, let me get this right. Blind veterans of ACB? It's veterans of ACB. <laughs> I think you're, we're still going to kind of be having to use the Viva in some aspects because we're working on our articles in of incorporation and stuff, but we're getting the veterans of ACB out there. Um, so you guys can find us at veteransofacb.org. Um, our email is veterans.acb at gmail.com. And then also, if you guys want to get in touch with me, um, I, my contact info is on the website under my name. Um, and yeah, I wanted to also recognize a couple of my board members. Um, Absolutely. so I, do have, I have a secretary, Marsha Farrow, um, from Georgia. And then I have David Dowland as my treasurer. Um, and he is in Oklahoma. Um, and currently our next membership meeting will be April 2nd. Um, I do have those open um, right now, probably for the rest of this year. Those will be open membership meetings. Um, if people would like to join in to kind of hear us a little bit. Um, the next one is going to be April 2nd at 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, once we get that Zoom info available, we will get that sent out. Um, and that one will be virtual. Um, the one at convention is going to be July 8th. And that's going to be at 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, it will be in person at convention. I'm hoping to be there, fingers crossed. Um, and then we will have one more after that. I believe it is in October. So it would be that first Tuesday of October. Um, and that will round out our year for our meetings. Um, and if you guys have any veterans that you know of that would like to check us out, I don't push membership. You know, if they want to come to our April meeting and check us out first. Um, by all means, that is fantastic. The more the merrier. Um, you do not have to be a visually impaired veteran to join. Um, the only caveat to um, being on the board is, of course, secretary and treasurer can be cited. But to be on our board, president, vice president, you have to be a visually impaired veteran. Um, and currently, our vice president position is open. Um, I'm hoping to discuss that more in April, maybe take some nominations and then vote on that in person at convention. Um, so we will have a full board after convention. Um, but once again, if you guys wanted to find us, it's veteransofacb.org. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you, thank you. And have a great rest of the day with Abby. Thank you for being so open and sharing your journey with us. And we wish you... Lots and lots of luck as a new president. Um, you are a very busy lady. You're all over the place, but I think you can handle it. And I'm so glad. Come back to Sunday Edition anytime if you have news announcements or you just want to say hey. <laughs> Definitely. Thanks so much for having me. And I hope all of you guys have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, a tale of two affiliates. And in this uh, next segment, we're going to talk about a Palmetto star is born. <laughs> Welcome to Sunday edition, Jennifer Hip-Bazer. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You cold down there? Well, up uh, there for I, me, I, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, for South Carolina, you know, when we dip in the teens at night and it doesn't get above 40, it's cold for us. So, yeah, I we were talking before we came on air. It is definitely cold for Florida. You know, I've had the windows <laughs> open for about a week now, and that's pretty much unheard of in Miami. <laughs> You're right. Um, <laughs> But um, you are also a, a very busy lady. But before we get into, you know, uh, revamp, uh, you know restarting um, an affiliate that's been gone for a while, 
we'd like to get to know you a little bit. So can we know we know you're from South Carolina, but can you tell <laughs> us a little bit of your personal story, your story with vision loss, and then we'll get into some of the nitty gritty. So sure. I was um, born uh, with Lieber's congenital amaurosis. So I'm an LCA um, folk. And so I've been blind since birth. Um, I grew up going to public schools. I had an amazing teacher of the visually impaired um, and, uh, you know, learned Braille, started reading Braille at five. Very blessed with that, you know, cane travel skills at, at that age. And so by the time I graduated from high school with the honors, I wasn't seeing my teacher of the visually impaired. Um, and so then I went to Winthrop University, which is a small university in South Carolina, about five to 6,000 folks, used to be an all-girls college. And then um, I said, you know what, if, if uh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to go get my master's degree because I probably won't go back. I probably don't have the motivation, and, and I was probably right. So I went to the University of South Carolina and go Cox and got my master's in social work. And so then I started working in the fields of vision loss. I was a counselor, individual and group counselor at the Commission for the Blind in South Carolina for a while, um, doing individual and group counseling for newly blinded adults. And then um, I did some, uh, we started the Red Cross program at the commission. So I did a, a lot of training for folks, um, actually a mutual person that we know went through my program um, in in South Carolina and went to go across the country to California to, to work at the Red Cross. So um, yes, and, then, and she said yeah. hello. Oh, yes. <laughs> yep. And so then I went to Florida and worked for Freedom Scientific uh, Vespero for a while. And I, I actually came back to the commission um, and was um, I did I did job placement for blind folks. And then I had, I had kids, got married and had kids. And um, then I, you know, um, decided that um, staying home was, you know, my kids were getting in preschool. So I wanted to um, get back to work. So I did a lot of contract work. And then um, I, I, I was in the, um, WIOA um, field for workforce development, which is the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act. So I, I worked with blind youth. And so now I am, I actually work at a um, one stop in Columbia. I'm the project director and one stop operator. So we still do WIOA and workforce development, but it's also with youth, adults, and um, all ages. So um, and then I just, uh, we do not have, so I have, um, I, I guess my kids I have, and I'm divorced now. So I have a 10 year old daughter who thinks she's probably about 18. And then I have, <laughs> and she um, competes with gymnastics and I have an almost 14 year old son who is a baseball player. Um, and so that's kind of my personal life so I you know and then I decided you know what South Carolina doesn't have um an affiliate anymore with ACB so um I think folks need choices and different resources so um you know we we kind of 
worked through that to, you know, build a constitution and um, that sort of thing. And so we are like two members shy of having our information go to the board for votes. And um, so we're very, very excited. We did elect the board. So I would like to say uh, congratulations to um, our vice president, Dave Birch, our um our second vice is Billy Irwin. Our secretary is Nancy Irwin. And our um, treasurer is Malaya Reese. And I'm our president um, right now. So um, we are excited if you would like to um, join us. Um, so I, I love the, uh, the previous person on. She's got energy like me. So I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I loved how you selected two two highly energy folks coming on today. It, it felt like a really good fit. Um, <laughs> so I want to go back for a little while. We'll come back to Palmetto itself in a few minutes. Um, first off, what position does your son play? I, I was a third baseman for a very long time. <laughs> Oh, so he is a pitcher and he plays awesome. outfield. Yes. So he is an eighth grader, but he um, he got selected for uh, in seventh grade for the high school team. So he is playing high school um, baseball. And so I really love watching them um, in their extracurricular activities. What's um what is the most challenging thing about, you know, gymnastics and baseball? They are not, um, <laughs> um, they are very time, uh, you know, focused. So what is the most yes. challenging thing about having two kids, you know, at close age and two very demanding extracurricular activities I, and I would, doing all the other stuff you're doing? Uh, I would say, so we are very, um, since my son was about a year old, um, I started hiring um, college students. So on Facebook, I mean, there's even more now than it was in 2011, but um, there's, you know, sitter groups and those kind of things. So mine's more now is more, I have, a, I have a car, so it's more of transportation and it's more of, as you say, it's explaining what's going on. Um, you know, it's not that I don't care about what everybody else is doing on the baseball field, unless it relates to what Cade is doing, you know, did he get an out? Did he, you know, um, whatever, um, did he slide into home? Those kind of things. How was, so some things, if I sit close enough, I can hear if he made contact, uh, with the ball, but other times I can't, um, for yeah. my daughter, for sure, it is extremely visual because a lot of it, like the floor exercise is um, chore choreographed to music. So that's yeah. very difficult, all of that. Um, the folks that are with me sometimes have gotten to where they can tell if her feet are straight or how her landing was or that kind of thing. Um, so they're there to help take videos and, and pictures and then read the score, um, those kind of things. So I really try as a blind, a blind mom uh, to, to make sure that they have access to as much as they want to be involved in. And uh, we actually have a, a competition, a meet in Cherokee, North Carolina, which is about 175 miles from where I am in Columbia this coming weekend to go and watch her. So 
but it's it's one of those things that um, I haven't let my blindness stop me in doing that because I just I want to support them and you know, um, I've found other ways to make sure I can still be a part of that and know what's going on with both of them. You know, we, we often hear stories about blind parents, you know, being given a hard time in the school system as, or especially in extracurricular activities, not being welcomed in as part of the parent mm-hmm. groups and things. What, if you don't mind um, sharing, what have your experiences in those areas been like? I think mine has been a very different experience. I, I mean, you, you're going to have those hand, maybe maybe one or two on um, one hand uh, about that experience. But overall, um, I've had a pretty, pretty good experience. I have a, I have a pretty, uh, I'm a pretty introvert, as you can tell. Not really. I'm very outgoing. And <laughs> I think that kind of helps with, uh, you know, and I just get to know some of the folks and I'll just, you know, sometimes I'll ask, you know, I'm willing to pay, you know, some gas or some for your time. Can you, because I have someone that will drop uh, my daughter up off from gymnastics. So I think I have been um, welcomed. um, And like I said, it's not a perfect, but it by far is, um, I've heard some horrific stories of, and it makes you sad to actually hear how, um, you know, why that happens and uh, that that we even have to deal with that. But um, I have um, had some very, very good experiences with, you know, coaches bringing my son home or other family member. I mean, I'm sorry, other, uh, you know, kids, parents doing that kind of thing. Now, when we go out of town, that's a different story. We, again, use college students um, to to assist with that process um so um you know uh with our van um i bought a vehicle in 2020 when my kids were i don't know well three four years ago everybody can do the math and it was because i thought it was easier to find someone who could drive that vehicle for me than actually find someone who could take us and their gear the kids and And their gear yeah right (laughs) so it has it has been much helpful uh, to do that as well. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been a journey it's for sure. And we're getting into the teenage years. So it's going to be even a, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Proms and uh, first dates and, you know, yeah, SEPs and all of the, yes, yes, it is. It is definitely a wonderful adventure being a parent. Um, shifting gears, you've worked in the employment space for a long time. What are your top three things that you told clients as far as, you know, when they're searching, you know, uh, everybody always says, you know, put in as much time, um, a day as you would actually working in your job preparation, whether it be, you know, working on your resume, cover letters, looking, responding, you know, following up, but what are your top three tips? to folks that are looking for employment. So for anybody, let me tell you, I, so there was a a space in time for about eight months that I was looking for employment myself. And I went through, and and I'm not sharing this to be discouraging one in one bit. Okay. But 98 applications over, you know, 
so many dozen interviews. Um, it, it's, and again, I'm just being real, just absolutely yeah. as real as I can be from speaking as a person who has gone through this. It is, it is tough. The world it is. is tough when it comes to a person who's blind, a person with a disability getting a, a job. And I think, um, yes, you treat it like a job. Um, it, I, I think that um, you got to actually get there. You got to actually, so you got to make sure that your resume is tip top shape. Um, you know, and now I'm doing this for other, with other folks as a project director, making sure our career advisors, you know, help folks, but it's, making sure there's no spelling errors, getting somebody to look over that resume and making sure that that's not the only resume you use to customize it. Um, the biggest, the yes. other thing is, is, is to use the keywords that are in the description, the job description, because you know, they have AI now, <laughs> um, our artificial intelligence going through and weeding out resumes if they don't have those key phrases um, or keywords in it. So it's really important not to use that same that same resume. Um, and then I think for me, it was just I needed a foot in the door. I needed that interview because I felt like if I could get in the door and get an interview, then um, now did it did it happen for many interviews? No. But I, at least I felt if I could just get in there. Um, and I think it's really sad because, as you heard, I have a master's degree. I have so many years experience in management and yeah. I have experience. And that seemed to not matter. And yep. again, I'm not trying to be discouraging to folks. I'm trying to be real. And so it didn't matter about my master's degree. It didn't matter about my seven, eight years of management, any of that kind of stuff. It was, you are seeing the blind person who walked in here with a cane or who came in here with a dog or whatever it was, that's what you're seeing. And you're seeing how, if I were blind, I couldn't do that. So then, of course, they're assuming that I couldn't do that either. So it's tough. It's a tough tough world out there. And to be honest, I was hired by a mainstream company. So after all of that, I had worked in the blindness industry for a while and was very, very fortunate. Not that I'm saying not working in the blind industry is not what I wanted to do. Um, but that was the first, uh, a mainstream company was the first place at that point that offered me you know, a position and, and things like that. So um, it is tough. It's tough out there. I got to be honest. It is. You know, I, I, I socialize this tip a lot. Um, one of, you know, when someone asks me, what's, what's your, you know, biggest, don't ask for help getting out after the mm -hmm. interview. Mm -hmm. Either pull up Ira, have a family member for FaceTime or Skype. Don't ask for help to get out after you've just sold yourself as a competent <laughs> blind person. <laughs> Full disclosure, <laughs> I've been searching for well over four years, you know, and I have a, a, a you know, yeah. in my sighted life, I, I have a yeah. very solid resume. Um, I am in the final stages of putting, you know, signing a contract. So I will share more about that. 
after my first day of work, but um, I've had to deal a lot with the frustration of getting there. You're, you know, you're one of the top two or, you know, you're going through, you're at that third panel interview and then they want to, you know, you're speaking to the director and so on and so forth and you don't get it. What, um, how did you counsel clients in, you know, in the frustration of it all? Oh, geez. Um, wow. It was, I, I think, you know, out of all of this, and, and I speak from experience again, um, cause people will say, don't let it, I mean, uh, you can't let it define you as people are, are, are saying no. Um, and um, sometimes you just have to let it roll off your back. And it, it was the hardest thing for me. Do you know that it was a, it was terrible for my self-confidence um, because I, I feel like I'm a confident individual and, but keep, saying no not you not you not you we found a better candidate whatever it was it was the absolute hardest thing and it was it, it just tore down my self-confidence um for you know when you saw those and so I think um you have to go in there with um you know uh I even to be honest I even listened to some uh, uh, some YouTube videos, um, you know, cause you always have those questions. Tell us about yourself. The biggest, tell us about yourself questions. The, 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 the 10 questions that most people ask. And I listened to so many YouTube videos on how do you answer those questions? And, um, so I think it takes a lot of, um, listening to videos letting people um, hear what you have to say. So, you know, doing some of those mock interviews and letting people look at your resumes and um, those kind of things. And I just, it was the hardest eight months probably of my yeah. life. You know, I went through a divorce. That was hard, um, you know, for me and the children. Well, let me tell you, being rejected and and I have to say I guess I need to reframe because it says rejected but reframe that um but uh 98 application 98 and um believe it or not the the company that I work for now I actually applied in September and I wasn't really hired until April so I still had to go through you know, their process was a little bit on the slow end. Um, so it is, it's not easy. And I'm happy, you know, I know this is a, <laughs> a whole different ball game. You know, we're talking about Palmetto Council eventually, but to get to know me, I mean, I'm happy to help anyway, folks in any way I can, whether it's, um, if you want me to listen ask you some interview questions if you want me to give you some ideas of where to to look or anything like that I saw someone's post on Facebook not too long ago that they had quit or been let go not because they did anything wrong but it was just it, it was one of those unfortunate things and, or something. yes yeah. and I was like please if if I can support in any way if I can give any direction if I because 
you know, to another fellow blind person, it's just, I just, you know, my heart aches when that happens because so many of us want to work, you know, so many of us have so much to give, so much to offer. Um, and we're just, um, unfortunately, uh, the big D word gets in the way or the big B word gets in the way and it's, it's frustrating. Yeah. You know, two, two things that personally helped me. Um, I definitely agree. You need to have multiple resumes and you need to structure your cover letter for the position that you're applying for. But, you know, if you are lucky enough to get an interview, 98 applications, I can definitely empathize with that, my friend. Um, if you're lucky enough to get an interview, remind yourself, reread that cover letter, reread that resume mm -hmm. and pick out the points that are most likely to be asked about. You don't want to sound rehearsed, but you also don't want to be like, humming a humming a, oh yeah, that's on my resume. Yes. Um, you know, it, because that, that will kind of change the tide of how that interview is going to go. And the other one is, you know, feel, if you're mad, feel the mad. If you're sad, feel the sad. Um, you know, we had a we had a new fence put in in the backyard at one point last year, um, and I started taking small rocks, you know, ju and just mm -hmm. hurling them at the fence and screaming for about five minutes, you know, when I when that frustration level really hit, because to try to tell yourself it's you know it's not it's not me or you know mm -hmm. why me it is is only gonna you know help mm -hmm. marinate, and I was losing. I got to and, and I got to a point and think. Uh, there are so many ACB members that I could, um, it would take too long to, but so many people reached out because I was like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I just keep getting to the point and then hit the ceiling and, and it's, you know, great interviewing, but we found a better candidate or, you know, someone with there were the skills that match just a little bit more than yours. Uh, and I was like, I, I can't possibly sit at the computer and do another 36 page application. I just can't. Um, and, and part of it was because I was, I was, you know, holding my feelings down and not really mm -hmm. allowing myself to feel them, you know, feel and release, you know, and, and, you know, mm -hmm. give it to God, the universe, Buddha, the aliens, whatever your personal belief is, you mm -hmm. know, give it out and, and let whatever's going to come back to you, come back to you. But, yeah. um, enough on that because, you know. We've done shows about that, and we will be doing more shows. I don't know if you caught um, last Sunday's with Barbara Hinsky, but um, we're working on a project this year trying to um, tackle it from the human resources standpoint. We got a lot of great advice, so we're kind of retooling our original idea um, slightly, but not completely. Um, so Sunday Edition is going to be working in the employment space all year long. Mm. Um so please come back uh, the next time we're doing a show. I'm sure your, you know, your advice and, and experience would be very valuable. <laughs> um, I think it's been it's been a while since ACB has had a new affiliate or, or you know, rebrought a rebirthed affiliate. Um, <laughs> can you talk to us about the process itself? Um, you know, what what are the, the benchmarks that you need to hit? And, um, you know, honestly, what was the, the driving motivation when, when you said, okay, I, I'm going to be the one to do this? Um, so I have been a president um, of uh, another organization. And I said, you know what? We need, we need an ACB affiliate again in South Carolina. There has been one, but 
literally, you know, folks get older, right? So we have to have new folks, new younger folks come in. Um, and I said, you know what? Um, and I would hear people say, you know, I need, I need something different um, other than, you know, this other organization I need um, that doesn't really fit with me. And so I was hearing those things. And um, so I said, why not? We need to, it's just like, I feel like, you know, when it's the power company and, and they have a monopoly and <laughs> there's no, there's no other choices with a, you know, a trash company. I say that because I'm frustrated with my trash company. So there's no other, you know, companies to go with. So I said, you know, we need, we need choice. An, a, a choice and we can be at the same table and we can do things, but people need a choice. And so uh, we kind of, you know, started birthing a, a constitution and the things that we need. And we, you know, got in touch with um, Cindy and the folks at the national office, and I probably bothered them so much. Um, but it, the thing is, I knew this is what I wanted to do. Um, I knew that with that, with those folks coming to me and just me listening, um, and they didn't necessarily say we need an ACD. They just said we need something. We need choices. So. Um, and this has been going for a little bit. That's because I, you know, when I first started doing it, I was going through those 98 applications and then I, I, I got a job. And so it, um, I, you know, obviously takes a little bit to adjust. It, yeah. it, it takes a lot to, especially to with two kids that age <laughs> and going through a constitution and, having a little bit of help with that and trying to get it to the committee, you know, some folks to just look at it for us and what else does it need and those kind of things. And so um, I, I can tell you, people don't want to uh, write constitutions. That's not their thing. When they say they want to help, it's probably not with a constitution. I would imagine that's <laughs> that, <true>. that, that <laughs> is not, you know, Hey, I'm willing to help Jen. Okay, you want to write this constitution? No, no, no. I don't, I'm probably not the right person for that. So we, uh, you know, the vice president, and I really, you know, worked hard on the constitution, like I said, and went back and forth and um, with with the committee, or at least got some tips and that kind of thing. And um, so now we're at the point where we are we. We're ready to be, you know, uh, to go in front of, um, you know, the board um, with with two more folks. And we have uh, definitely uh, a lot of, of blind folks. Um, and and so, you know, we're 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 strong and uh, a quality uh organization right now so we just want to make sure that we can be under um you know an affiliate again we want to be absolutely at the convention and those kind of things so um you do not um have to be in south carolina to to be a member if you want to come and check it out um i 
you know, I, I feel like there's a lot of presidents of, of affiliates that have really stepped up and helped, whether it was sending a constitution to look at of what their constitution looked at, whether it was just chalking through some processes with me. Um, so I got to give uh, the national office kudos and the presidents that I reached out to um, so much help and so warm and, and uh, that kind of thing. So, um, so you don't, you do not have to be a uh, member um, or live in South Carolina to be a part of, of what we're doing um, to be helpful or just to be a part of something new. Um, so uh, please, you know, Please tell your friends if you know folks in South Carolina um, that want to be a part. See, I, for me, I like to be a part of new things and groundbreaking and ground, you know, starting from the ground up. It's hard sometimes, but it's, it's, you know, like I said, people don't write constitutions and bylaws and things like that. That's, it's it's not easy. So, um, but uh, that's where we are. I mean, March 2nd, we were, we were told that, uh, you know, that's, that's the big day for us. That's where we want to be, uh, to, to be voted in. So we're here to kind of ask you to spread the word or, you know, think about, you know, joining our, um, our affiliate and so that we can go ahead and get it kicking, get it ready. So let Let's let's talk dues. And is there a website yet? How do people join? What is the contact and what are the dues? So the website is www.p. So it's Palmetto Council Blind SC dot org. org. The email is info at pcbsc.org. Um, dues are 15 a year. Um, and, uh, right now you, um, a check can be mailed. Um, and if you email info at pcbsc.org, I can give you that information. Um, and we also, uh, take Zelle through that way as well. Um, and my phone number is, um, 803-960. 9977. Um, if you want to text or call or ask questions. And then, of course, the email addresses, which I gave you, is info at pcbsc.org for um, questions or, like I said, to Zell the $15, um, anything like that. Our next meeting will be um, actually uh, this Tuesday at. Um, I'm sorry, we just had our meeting. You know, I, yes, is this Tuesday at two um, on the 23rd at seven o'clock? So if anybody's interested in that, um, just email me and I can um, to the email address and I will send you the Zoom information. Um, and uh, let's see. I, I, I mean, that's. Uh, well, I think that's that's a good representation of the information. South Carolina is not a small state, so thank thank God for technology. Um, you know, I often say if Helen Keller were alive now, she'd probably be president. Um, but how do you plan on, you know, reaching the four corners of your state? 
So we actually have um, uh, the, the folks, we have a diverse uh, board, but we also have folks that are already in our membership um, that represent uh, those areas. Um, so we've had things in our, you know, uh, our library newsletter. Um, I, you know, I have connections with the Lions and other other blindness you know, associations in the state. Um, so being um, that I used to work at the commission, that I used to be in a different organization, um, I think I have a lot of, um, you know, resources and know a lot of folks um, and, you know, how to reach out to them. So I think that's uh, the big ways is, you know, um, starting um like i said with the advertisement we also have a palmetto vision alliance and there's um organizations that are a part of that that serve the blind community whether it's you know state agencies or you know uh, other nonprofits, things like that so it's out there uh, again, the the library. So a lot of patrons have responded. Um, we've had an article in there um, to get folks. So just a lot of different methods. Um, the other thing is we're going to do um, an um, ophthalmologist uh, campaign as well, and be Good a member job. of the Association of Ophthalmologists. And you know, I, I that's one of the things I wanted to do prior to this is because I, I kept hearing, went to the ophthalmologist and they gave me nothing. They gave me uh -huh. a diag they gave me a diagnosis, but that's it. I left with nothing. I left with discouragement and no hope at all. So yeah, those, we hear those that a lot. That's a great uh, that is a great idea. Um I'd love to talk to you more offline about that. And when you've gotten some success, please come back and share that so that we can inspire other states around the country to to work on something of that ilk um a great idea yes what are some of the programming that you envision once you have affiliate status you know what are some of the things that are important to the palmetto council um, <laughs> i said i think i think um Obviously, some legislation, some advocacy. Um, we have an old, a lot of older populations. So I also, you talk about outreach. Um, I think um, even in, uh, we need to reach the, you know, that population. Of course, you know, uh, we, we don't want what happened to happen before. If we can help it is we, we need some young folks because that's the only way it's going to stay alive is to have some young folks. This, for example, this month, we're talking about, um, we're talking about Braille. And, uh, you know, what if you don't know Braille? How, how do you label things? Um, let's talk about the history and, and that kind of thing. Um, programming, um, also just, you know, I've heard just, you know, it seems so simple to me because I've been blind all my life. But I mean, so many with so many folks losing their vision um, later in life, it's, you know, the how do you um, do certain things, um, whether it's, you know, let's talk about transportation. That's huge in South Carolina. That's a, I mean, I'm sure it's huge 
many places, but South Carolina is pretty rural. So um, transportation is always a, a challenge. Um, so I'd like to, you know, try to work through that. Um, and of course, you know, advocacy. Um, I know that, you know, how do we teach, how do we empower our members to advocate for themselves in whatever arena that is, whether that's at a doctor's office, um, whether that's at a school, uh, as a parent at a school, um, wherever it is, because even in the doctor's offices, you know, you feel so, I don't know, just sometimes so vulnerable in those situations. So yeah. how do we teach folks? Cause a lot of times they don't know how to do that. Um, and of course, I'm huge into fundraising. Um, that's my baby. That's what I love. A lot of people don't like it. I absolutely love it. Um, so, ha you know, teaching folks, how do you do that? What do you say? What does that look like? Um, what does that look like on the outside? But there's also fundraisers, you know, that are campaigns that are letters. There's fundraisers that are, you know, in so many different ways, teaching folks how to do things and to empower them. So those are, you know, some of the things public, obviously public relations. And um, so there's a lot of things I, I, I think about um, the biggest thing for me is what is our members input? You know, just because I'm the president, that, that's a title. That doesn't mean, I mean, when I say it doesn't mean anything, anybody can be a leader without a, without a type. So um so I'm saying that because, you know, I, uh, you know, I want to ask our members, what is it, what's going to matter to you? What is helpful to you um, to get their input as well? So um, that's kind of some initial thoughts. So, folks, you can um, start getting those hands up. We're going to transition to some audience comments in a few minutes. Um I have to ask, and I'm going to definitely claim not to have much uh, <laughs> knowledge in this um, in this arena. But correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't Palmetto a big bug? Well, yeah, but we're talking about the tree. In this, it's situation. a tree, also. Okay, so <laughs> the Palmetto tree. For those like me out there who were thinking, why would they name, you know, why would their state be the bug state? Um, tell us a little about the palmetto tree and some of the beauty and, and highlights of South oh, Carolina and what you can bring geez. to ECB as a state affiliate. <laughs> so it's a palmetto tree. So what you're going to, a lot of times as you see is the palmetto tree with the crescent moon is the big thing for South Carolina. Um, and so, um, that is why, because I, there used to be um, ACB of South Carolina or something, and I think that name was still taken, and we would have to jump through a ton of hoops to get that uh, changed. Uh, so that's why okay. we went with Palmetto, because a lot of people refer to us as the Palmetto State in reference to the tree. So that's why. Is, is it a foresty kind of tree? What What is a palmetto tree? You know, Anthony, um, thought we were friends to ask me. I don't, actually, 
I don't know, really. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. I, I know. <laughs> I don't know. It's okay. I, I didn't know either. Again, I honestly thought it was it, okay. No. Why is it the bug state? No, no, um, there are palmetto bugs, but it, it's actually for the state, uh, for the tree. For the tree. What yeah. are some of the wonderful things about South Carolina that we should know besides Nikki Haley? Oh, uh, she well, is so very intelligent uh, and, and presents well. Listen, <laughs> we actually produce more peaches than Georgia. Just gonna say, do we? Yes, we do. Yes, oh, we do. Oh. Even, um, so yeah, okay, Georgia, we love you. Um, I know you're the uh, you know, we we actually produce more peaches than Georgia. Um, I would say there's a lot of history in South Carolina, Charleston, lots and lots of history. Um, you know, we we have pretty much four seasons. Um, we're, we're not terribly cold. Um, you know, you may get what we're getting now, and it'll last for like two days, and then this week's going to be in the 70s. So, um, you know, what do they say? Friendly faces beautiful places or whatever all it is. those gorgeous islands yeah, yeah whatever <laughs> it is um but it, you know it's it's you you've got not as hot as florida not as cold as minneapolis kind of thing um some people refer to it as halfback so they may move from i don't know minneapolis i just use a minneapolis i don't know why because uh, it's cold uh, to Florida, and then they'll move halfway back. So halfway back might be South Carolina. Um, so we have, um, you know, we have a lot of sports teams here. Uh, we, a, a lot of barbecue on every corner, a lot of churches in the corners, you know. Um, it is, you know, education isn't great. We can be honest. Um, we're probably, in, you know, next to, I don't know, maybe, 46th in education or something so education probably isn't the best um but uh I, I like it um would i consider moving at some point maybe um but it's 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 not bad i mean there's there's things that could be better uh, but there's things that could be worse you know, I was thinking while you were talking, um, once you have your affiliate status solidified, maybe we'll invite some folks from Georgia to Sunday edition and have a peach off trivia contest <laughs> to celebrate. But tell me, you know, when you look ahead to um, convention and roll call, what do you think you're going to feel when when they announce South Carolina or Palmetto State? I I exhilarating um at that is that is what i'm looking for I, I i'm excited about it um not for me uh, for to get any of all the praise because there's been people that have helped me along the way but it's again another resource another avenue another choice it is and to be a part of something that's new and to get it started is is just you know um it's exhilarating i think that's the word um very proud of the folks that i've worked with like i said that i i can't name all like you were talking about can't name them all but the the folks that 
from the national office to other presidents, to folks that have helped and just little tidbits of information. Um, I've, I've found that this community has been exceptionally warm and, it, you know, I am, I'm delighted with that. It sounds to me that, that you and I definitely have the hard work feeds and breeds more hard work, um, you know, syndrome. So I, I know it has been a long and hard road, but um, you know, talk talk just for a moment about the satisfaction of that you got to this point and and you know you're about to grab the brass ring. Um, so things that are worth having it takes a lot of work and sweat equity and yeah. frustration at times and even defeat at times. You know, you may step three steps back before you step four steps ahead. Um, so, you know, for those who I know that there's some states that still don't have an affiliate um, that don't have an ACB um, representation. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get some. Um, let's do that. I mean, I'd love to um, be a part of that to even help others that want to do that. Um, Again, things that are worth having take work. And and if you think it's going to be easy, it is not. It is sometimes you're going up a hill. Um, sometimes you're just coasting. Sometimes you may go down a hill. But really, it, but once you get to, you know, maybe you're at a finish line because you've gotten, um, you're actually, got that uh, that blessing from from national uh, maybe that's like going across the finish line but we're not done you're never done in a race maybe you're done that day but you're not done because if i just, you just quit, passed the baton off for the moment that, and ready to be take it back yeah that's right you're you're not done um um, and I know when I ran my first 5K and ran across the finish line, it you will never get that exhilaration again because it's the first it's the first time you've ever done it. Um, but the work doesn't end there, and you know. So, um, and again, I'd rather have 50 quality people that you know, 95% uh, of them do the work than 500 people and you know 95 of them do very little yeah right so i'm just looking for quality folks meaning what i mean by quality is put in the sweat the effort the elbow grease that kind of stuff is what i need so um it's going to be rewarding but not just for me but for the other folks who have waited for this because there have been folks that have waited. Maybe they didn't want to, maybe they couldn't write a constitution or bylaws or anything like that, or they waited for an opportunity to be in a place where they had a choice. They, they felt welcome in a different way. And yeah. so that is what's important to me. Um, I'm not, I'm not looking for the crown and the, you know, it's not about me, you know, I'm just here to help get things started and to, you know, and I don't say that so that I can leave. I'm just saying that you ha 
there's got to be someone to do that. There's got to be someone that says, hey, I want to do this and actually go after it. Um, so and that's what I'm here for, not for the praise and the glory and any of that. Um, so I'm excited. I'm ready. We're ready. You know, I'll share with you. I'm, I'm I do membership for BPI, and we recently received an email from a new member. You know, just thank you for being here. And you know, in in a month, I have experienced so much. I thought I was alone, and I didn't think that there was a space that represented all of me. And and you know, when you read something like that, you know, you can get an award at a banquet, which is wonderful. It feels absolutely wonderful. Don't get me wrong. But when you read a letter like that and know that that something you're doing or, you know, has personally touched someone and given someone more choices, more opportunities, right. more spaces for a relationship and, and knowledge and information. And just to feel like, you know what? I'm not the only one struggling with these things. I'm not the only one who accidentally mm -hmm. knocks the coffee cup off the counter, even though I place it in the same place <laughs> every morning. And that, I'm, I'm, I'm actually quoting a line from, from the letter, you know, to know I'm not the only one who goes through this. Um, it, it changed my, you know, my, my feeling about what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. And when you get, when you get that first interaction, it is going to feel so amazing. Um, well, you know, and, and it'll make all of the sweat equity that you talked mm -hmm. about, it'll make every single piece of that. Every time you want to go out in the backyard and scream, it'll make all <laughs> of that worth it. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly where I, I actually had somebody at work knew that I was blind. And I guess there's a lady that's one of our partners in our center and she is losing her vision. And we talked for the longest time and um, just about, you know, her challenges with transportation and, and just all kinds of different things. Well, she's already a member and it was just like, wow, what a connection um, to be able to, right then and be able to um, take someone that, you know, I don't see on a regular basis. I've seen her name and emails and stuff, but um, she doesn't work under me, but as the one-stop operator, you know, it's kind of that um, she's one of our partners in our center. And it was, it was just rewarding to know that, you know, I was able to assist at, at least point her in a good direction and that she is one of our members and it's just those this is why I'm here this is why I'm here for those situations so I want to ask you one more thing before we open it up to the audience there are other states out there other spaces within our community that don't have representation in ACB yet um if somebody wants to get started what are a few things that that you'd suggest to, you know, making a movement happen in their area? Well, uh, the biggest thing is you've got to have a, a few people that are, are you got to have one, one gun co-person, <laughs> one person that is, is ready to say, I'm going to take this by the horns. I'm going to do what I need. And then they need to grab a couple of other folks. They're going to help them. And I, you don't, necessarily need 10 or 15 you just need a few more people um because everybody has their strengths um you know uh so that's what i would do that's the first thing who is it going to be that's going to step up and make the commitment to do this and then 
who are you going to bring along to walk beside you during this process um, to to assist? Um, and then, you know, it's start having those dialogues. Um, you know, don't let the Constitution be your 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 enemy. Um, make sure. I mean, like I did, I've reached out um, to other presidents. I, you know, asked all those questions. I got examples. I looked at the national constitution, those kind of things. And then I had someone help me because, you know, the vice president, my vice president helped because, you know, that's not my strong suit. I can, I like to edit things. Um, I do write, but that wasn't, that's just, my passion is somewhere else not necessarily writing a constitution. Was I involved? Yes. Um, but that wasn't my thing. So um, you've got people that are willing to help. I mean, I'll myself, you know, I'm all sit there and write your constitution now, but I will make sure that, you know, you get what you have. I'll be that person that, you know, you can call and ask those, what you think are silly questions, but that are not. Um, so, if you're thinking about it, let's do it. Let's do it. We need, I would love to see, and I'm sure that you and Cindy and others would like to see representation from all states and beyond. So let's do that. We can do it together. I mean, we're new. Love you can it. do this. Yeah. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So let's, let's turn to our audience and see what they've got for you. Sheila, who's up first? Ray. Okay. Well, uh, Jennifer, uh, this is Ray Campbell. I'm president of the Illinois Council of the Blind, also second vice president of ACB. And just like I did with Cassie, I'd like to offer my congratulations. I've already sent you an email to your info email address to let you know that as a state affiliate president, I'm here and willing to help you. And I love doing constitution work, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I was, was, uh, I chaired the ACB Constitution Bylaws Committee for six years and um, I, I just enjoy it. I don't know why. Maybe I'm maybe that's something weird about me. I don't know. But um, no, I'm I'm here and willing to Listen assist up, aspiring you in affiliate peoples. <laughs> anyway, right. any way oh, that I can be of help to you, I will be glad to uh, to do that. You have my contact information Thank in that you message. So, so much. And I would and I would just like to say I don't like to steal my wife's thunder, but I will. Please also reach out to your deafblind community in South Carolina. They can be good members as well. Um, and, and I hope that you will do that. So thanks oh, a lot thank for you what so you're doing and uh, uh, glad to help any way I can. Thank you. And, you know, as you say, you love Constitution and bylaws. It's kind of like I love fundraising and there's people that don't like to do that. So, you know, everybody has their thing that they love to do. So Thank you for that support. And thank you for that encouragement. I appreciate you. All right. And Anthony, you're down to five minutes. Um, Deanna. All right. See, Anthony, you just talk too much. (laughs) I do. Um, (laughs) Anyway, I just wanted to say hi to Jennifer. I think we've been Facebook friends for years. (laughs) Never met. (laughs) But um, I am so glad that South Carolina has you has you to be the point person it's a tough spot I've been it before it's not my strong suit for sure 
I was never an extrovert. <laughs> um, I was the infro introvert plus. <laughs> but what got me motivated was I care. And it really hurts my heart when people don't get the services and the voice they need to speak for them. And so I got pushed into ACB sort of sideways and backwards <laughs> back in 1980. Um, I was a stay-at-home mom with two little kids and an adopted blind child who was in elementary school. And I was busy doing life. Um, but you asked me to use my gifts and Mine are that I'm a writer and I am a consensus builder. I don't have to go home with all the marbles. If I get one or two, I'm yes. really happy. Because, <laughs> you know, because if it's, it is, it's sometimes one step forward, you know, at a time. Um, you try to take three and you get one and you're just glad for that one. Um, yeah, it's an uphill battle to build an organization. It's an uphill battle to keep one moving forward. Um, inertia can be frustrating. It's the same battle for as for looking for work. If you quit, you can't win. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So well, thanks, I, Jennifer. I, I, thank <laughs> you. Thank you so much. We have been Facebook friends and I I appreciate uh, your encouragement very much. And I'm sure others are, are encouraged as well. If you want to build an affiliate, there you go. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, well, I'm stuck in Missouri, so I can't. Uh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to read good books, search Deanna Nor Noriega on Amazon. There are two, I believe, up now, during Deanna, 50 yep. years in partnerships. Yeah, 50 years of walking with friends about my life with guide dogs and Dogwood Blossom growing up Native American, which is more aimed for kids, but it's, it's what makes Native Americans different from other Americans. We're still Americans. <laughs> we Absolutely. still love this okay. land. It isn't always the government hasn't always treated us right, but we we still serve our government when we can. I joined the Peace Corps because being totally blind, they weren't going to take me in the military. <laughs> so awesome. I served two and a half years because I wanted to pay back my country. For the opportunities yes. I did get. That's beautiful. And you're also Thank paying you. it forward in um in your stories and your writing and all of the community calls that you're involved in and show up to. Um, thank you for all you do as well. I well, want to thank hugs, Jennifer, hugs. <laughs> thank you, Anthony. Thank you. Thank you. I want to thank Jennifer. I want to thank Cassie. I want to always thank Sheila and Bryn and Lucy who are support behind. I want to remind folks that Wednesday night is a night at the opera. Thursday night is behind the music. And next Sunday here, we'll be talking with Claire Stanley and getting some tips um, and some inside information on our upcoming legislative week. There will be lots of programming surrounding our imperatives and things. So we will share that information as it comes to pass. Thank you so much for spending a chunk of your Sunday with Sunday Edition. Or if you're listening to this later on in podcast, you can always reach out to me to get connected with any of our guests or follow up information 
or for questions at Sunday Edition AC, all one word, no punctuations, Sunday Edition AC at gmail.com. And everybody have a blessed and beautiful Sunday and week ahead. You've been listening to Sunday Edition on ACB Media. Stream One, that's American Council of the Blind Media, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Episodes drop every week at 1 p.m. on Sundays, and you can email us at Sunday Edition AC, all one word, Sunday Edition with the letters AC at gmail.com. Let's brunch again together next Sunday.